right, welcome. This is Jeff Hagee. I'm excited today to have Andy Storch with me. He is an author, a speaker, a podcaster, consultant, connector, on and on and on. And he's got a new book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. We're going to talk about a lot of things today, but welcome, Andy. Tell me a little bit more about yourself. Well, Jeff, thank you so much uh, for having me on. And yeah, you hit some of the highlights, uh, author, speaker, coach, all that stuff. I do have this book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. I've been in corporate consulting for the last 10 years. I uh, do speaking and training now in the corporate space to help more employees take ownership of their careers and really do more to prepare for the future. Uh, I'm also a, um, I run a talent development community for people who work in corporate talent development, training and development. I've got a couple podcasts, uh, big into health and fitness and family. Of course, uh, I have a wife and two kids and I live in sunny Orlando, Florida, which uh, my son is, uh, for some reason, he's like obsessed with states and temperatures. And he always, always asked me, what is the hottest state? And I'd say, you know, it's a toss up <laughs> between Arizona, where you live and Florida, where I live. So well, it depends on your preference, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, they're definitely both warmer than Alberta, where I came from. Yeah, right, absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, I'm excited to have you here. Um, we've talked a little bit before and we we have a lot of interests that are the same on personal development, on corporate development, on leadership, all of those things. Definitely. And, you know, let's, let's start out. Just tell me a little bit more about the book, why you wrote it and what people are going to get out of this. Yeah. Well, the book I intended to, to be kind of a roadmap to help people, especially corporate employees, uh, take more ownership of their careers and really um, you know, set and achieve more goals, find more success in their career. And how it came about was, you know, I worked in corporate consulting, like I said, for the last decade. I had the the awesome uh, benefit of, of opportunity of being able to travel all over the world running workshops for companies, for executives and leaders, teaching finance strategy, leadership, and working with some of the best executives and leaders around the world. And I learned a lot about what makes a great leader uh, and how, how and why companies are successful. I also observed a lot of people in their careers really kind of drifting along. They might be moving up, but they're really operating in reaction mode, kind of waiting for other people to tell them what to do, um, seemingly unfulfilled and not very happy with their career, with their life. And I knew there's there's more for those people. And I kind of put that away in the back of my head. And um, in 2016, I got really into personal development, uh, which I know you're really into and you help a lot of people with mindset and personal development topics, things like that. Um, I got big into that in 2016 after I read a book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod and got into a regular morning routine and meditation and reading and started to do a lot of self-reflection and introspection and, and discovered that I had a strong pull towards entrepreneurship. I wanted, to, I wanted to run my own business and build a brand. And I eventually took the leap and, and did that. And I run my own business today. Um, but as I was doing that and listening to tons of podcasts and reading lots of books, I started to hear this message from people who were had also you know, gone that route and would coach or help others. And they'd say, if you don't like your job, you need to quit the nine to five and go start your own business. And I thought, well, that's great for me. And it's great for some of those other people. But I would have conversations with clients all the time who would say, wow, I really admire what you're doing, but I have no interest in being an entrepreneur, right? I, right. I like working for a company. I like having the team. I like the camaraderie. I like the, you know, the corporate cafeteria, whatever it is, you name it, right? And they don't want to run their own business. They just want to have a career that 
is fulfilling and rewarding, or they feel like they're making a difference and have an opportunity to grow and move up. And so I wanted to create a guidebook for them, for you know, people who uh, are going to be staying working in the corporate world. And my book can be beneficial for entrepreneurs as well. Um, but to find fulfillment, to achieve that career you want, and really to live that life of intention and not waiting, sitting around waiting for other people to tell you what to do. Um, you know, operating in a reaction mode, I call it, or drifting, uh, which is a term that was coined by Napoleon Hill in a book some 80 years ago, but to be really intentional with where you're going and, and how you're spending your time. Absolutely. This, this is fascinating to me because one of the, one of the things that you talk about is having an owner's mindset. And I remember when I first left the banking industry and got into entrepreneurship and running my own business. I wanted to understand that. How do you create employees that have that ownership? And I remember I, in fact, I, just before our call, I was looking through my library and got the first book I looked for and it's called employee ownership. And I remember getting into that book and realizing, no, this is a book about companies and owned by their employees. This isn't what I'm thinking. And it was such a topic that I was interested in, but so hard to find any information. So this is such a valuable tool. So what is an owner's mindset? Yeah, there's a couple facets to that. I mean, number one is this idea that you are going to own everything that has to do with your career and your life, that you're not outsourcing that to other people. You're not waiting for other people. You're treating your career like it's a business. So maybe you don't want to be an entrepreneur and have the risks that comes with running your own business, but you've got to treat your career like it is a business. And when you own a business, no matter what happens, you're responsible for it, right? It doesn't matter if you had no control over the economy changing or you know customer um, taste changing. Uh, or something going on in the city where you live in, like you're still responsible for what happens with that business. And you are still responsible for what happens with your career. So even though a lot of things are going to happen in the world, and there are a lot of things that are outside of our control, like the economy, like politics, like a global pandemic, uh, or even your boss, your spouse, or your kids, you can't control them. But what you can control is how you show up in the world. And so a part of it is about focusing on what's in your control and spending less time worrying about all the things that are outside of your control. The other part of having an owner's mindset is this belief that everything in life happens for you and therefore everything in your life is an opportunity instead of having a victim mindset which is everything in life happens to me, I have no control, I'm complaining all the time because you know my boss did this and made me do this and um, it's it just like it turns into this kind of downward spiral and I have a challenge in my book called the No Complaining Challenge, where you know I invite people if you if you're prone to complaining a lot, to maybe try stop complaining for an hour, for 24 hours, for a week, for a month, uh, and see how you feel. And yeah, there are a lot of things outside of your control. But what people don't realize is that we do often control how we spend our time, the things that we work on, where we work, when we go to work. Yes, I mean there are requests and demands. Uh, out there in the world, and we've got to make ends meet and all that stuff. But we have more control than we think, especially over our mindset, our perception, uh, and how we show up in the world. Absolutely. I <clears throat> Something I've always said with my staff is, you know, you look at your life in general, you're spending as much or more time at your job with the people you work with than you are with your loved ones. And so if you're not in a situation that you're enjoying it, that you love the people you work with, you love what you're doing, 
change, make a change. And maybe that's just a mental change. Maybe it's not a company change, a position change. It's just that change of mindset. So yeah, I think this is such a valuable resource for people to understand. And I guess from, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this too. What power and what, what does this do for the owner or the leader of the company, the manager, because these, these are dream employees. So I guess the question is like for leaders uh, who are looking for employees like that, or what is yeah, this? Do I, for? I guess what I'm asking, you know, if you can create a team that takes this ownership yeah. mindset, what, what does that enable a leader to do? What does that en- enable a company to do? Because I think it gives a lot of power to growth or to do different things. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a lot of benefits and of course it takes for a leader it also takes a little bit of a mindset shift because sometimes there's some fear associated with, well, if I have people who are really um, taking ownership and they're autonomous, I have to be able to trust them to go do the things that they want to do and to really come up with things that are going to benefit the company, which means I'm not going to be a micromanager. And unfortunately, there are a lot of leaders out there who are micromanagers. And it's the num- I've run dozens and dozens of leadership development workshops. And I survey people about the things that they love about managers, things they hate about managers. And the number one thing people hate is micromanaging. And the reason people micromanage is out of fear. They're afraid that their employees are not going to do something correctly. It's going to reflect poorly on them. And then they're going to lose their job or they're going to lose their business, right? Or they just don't think their employees care as much as they do. And if you're a business owner and you have people who work for you, they're never going to care as much about the business as you do. But if you've sat down and had a real conversation with them about their career and about the business and the things that you care about and the things that they care about, and you can find some alignment there, uh, then you've got a magic formula for something that they're going to be enthusiastic and excited about to come to work. And you're going to be really excited to have employees that care a lot and are going to be doing their jobs. And when they're taking ownership, then uh, not only of the business, but of their careers as well, they're a lot more likely to also come to you and say, hey, this is going on. This challenge has come up. I'd like to work on this, or this is where I want to go with my career. Can I help? Can you help me? And you can now are in a better position to be able to coach and give advice rather than just trying to guess what people want or where they're going. Uh, So I love the idea of like freeing that up to actually coach people um, make space for career conversations. And, um, you know, I think the number one job of a leader in any position is to enable the people around them to do their jobs better. And when you take that seriously, then everybody's performance goes up. Absolutely. I, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, one of the things when I look at leadership within a company, there's a, there's a really high level of importance put on trust. And when, when you've got employees that are doing their jobs, that are doing all these things that they should be, there's a level of trust from the leadership position. But I think there's also, it's even more important for the employees to have trust in their leadership. So what, what are some of the things related to this, how developing an owner's mindset and stuff, how this can build trust within a company? Yeah. Well, I think it starts with having these conversations, right? Like making space for career conversations, making space for people to open up and share what they're working on and what they care about and where they want to go with their career. And for the leaders to talk about 
you know, why are we working on these projects? Why do I want our business to go this direction? Um, why am I asking you to do certain things that you do? You know, one of the things we haven't talked about is this idea of purpose or having that underlying why behind the thing that you're doing. And, um, you know, we talked about the problem of micromanaging. Another challenge that comes up a lot is when managers or, or leaders ask people to do something without really explaining the why behind it. Uh, same thing for us as parents too, right? I think you have kids as well. Like we tell our kids like do something and they're like, why? And you're like, because I said so, right? They're not very motivated <laughs> to go do that because they have no idea why the heck you want to do it. So I think it's really important to explain the why behind the things that we're doing and to find that kind of sense of human connection and alignment on the goals that we each have and the things that we want to achieve in our careers and our business, because we're all, at the end of the day, we're all humans. We're all just trying to get by and live our best life and achieve certain things. And at the same time, everybody has different priorities, right? You, one person might want to move up and be a CEO or a vice president one day and make as much money as possible. While another person is like, screw that. I just want to be home for dinner with my family every night. Right. And know that I'm spending all that quality time and never miss a soccer game or a baseball game. And I don't care if I move up the corporate ladder, as long as I'm making enough money to put food on the table, I'm happy. There's no wrong like direction to go in your career. Right. Both of those answers are right. Everybody gets to live their life however they want. The key is that you actually spend the time figuring out who you are and who you want to be and where you want to go in your career. And you stay true to that and you don't get caught up setting goals based on what you see other people doing, right? Or what you see on social media, um, but really following your true vision and call it a passion or a purpose, whatever it is, and saying, this is what I care about. That's cool that you want to move up the corporate ladder. I want to try a lot of different jobs. And I don't care if I never get promoted. I want to get experience doing different things, or I want to be home for dinner with my family. Everybody has their own priorities, their own purpose, and kind of their own vision for where they want to go in their career, which I think is awesome. And taking ownership is about um, focusing on what you want to do for yourself and not being sidetracked or too worried about what other people want you to do with your career. That, that is great because, well, first of all, because I'm dad and I said, so it doesn't work too well in my family or my right. <laughs> but, but yeah, when you're talking about that, you know, I've seen that where, you know, the best salesman is all of a sudden the sales manager and they're terrible. They were the best salesman, but mm. they're a terrible sales manager because yes. they don't have the skills and they don't want to be there. Yep. And so, yeah, I think taking ownership of where you want to be and accepting that and being that regardless of what, everyone else is saying you should do is fantastic. And, you know, as, and asking your people too, right? And I've been working in talent development for a long time. One of the biggest challenges or problems that comes up in the corporate world is exactly what you said. Companies look at someone, wow, you're a really great software engineer or you're a really great salesman. Let's make you a manager. And now you can manage the other people that are doing <laughs> that. And, and in many situations, also keep your quota, right? Or the, the, you know, yeah. the thing that you have to do. And what if that person doesn't want to be a manager or they don't have the skills to be a manager because they're not even, oftentimes they're not getting the training either on how to be a manager. People just figure, well, if you're good at being a software engineer, you'll be able to coach other software engineers or other salespeople to do their jobs, but it's a completely different skill and it requires those people skills, the training. Um, and so that becomes a big challenge and someone on either side needs to speak up in that situation and say, Hey, I, I need help. Or maybe this is not a fit, right? This is, right. this is not what I want to do. Right. 
No, that's, that's great. You know, and something you said in there as well is having those conversations is so important. Mm. I remember when I was in the banking industry, I was pretty young in my career and I sent a message to my regional vice president and said, I'd like to talk sometime about my career path and meaning, you know, in the next few months, let's talk about it. Here's what I would like to do. He was in my office that afternoon and a year later I had been trained everything and I was running my own branch. And, you know, we had that conversation and that meant so much to me because he was interested in what I wanted, what my career aspirations were. And it really created a bond with us and a trust level that I had for him that I might not other words have had. And it wasn't because I expected him to be in my office that afternoon, Yeah, but he did it. But you also, you also made it easier for him because you had the courage to speak up and say, I want to talk about where I'm going in my career and, and can you help me? And I think there's another big challenge in the working world right now. A lot of managers just assume, you know, it's kind of like, if I don't hear anything, everything's probably fine. And, you know, meanwhile, the workers, the employees are thinking, God, I wish they would send some opportunities my way. When am I going to get that promotion opportunity? Well, somebody's got to step up and have the conversation, right? And your manager is just as busy or busier than you are. So when you are willing, you know, once you know where you want to go in your career to send that email and say, hey, can we have a meeting and just talk about my career and, and share kind of some of your hopes and dreams? It makes it a lot easier for them to go, oh, I didn't know you wanted to be a regional vice president one day. Like I can set you up on a rotation program right now. That'll, that'll get you there, but they will never do that if they didn't know. Right. So I I guess, I mean, building on that, you know, when you're looking at your own career, where you want to go with things, what are some of the things you need to keep in mind that, you know, besides, you know, voicing your, your thoughts and opinions, Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it starts with that self-reflection and self-awareness. Like most people don't take time to do this, but sitting down in a quiet space and thinking about uh, who you are and what are your strengths, your weaknesses, what do you get feedback on? People tell you that you're really good at or things you've, you've struggled with that you need to try to improve. What do you really like doing? What do you not like doing? What lights you up? What energizes you? Um, What would a dream job or career look like for you? And, and then how similar is that to what you're doing now? Or is it completely different? What are you curious about? What are you passionate about? Uh, and then start to kind of build out what would you like your career to look like in one year, five year, 10 years? Um, and then if you want to get even better, write that down, You know, set some goals and make a plan for how you're going to get there. Talk to some friends or colleagues, find a mentor who can help you with that. And that mentor might be your manager. It might be someone in a different department might be someone who works somewhere else. It might be a friend who you consider to be pretty successful, uh, you know, that you, you go to and say, Hey, Jeff, um, I'm thinking about kind of changing my career. This is the goal I'm setting for myself. You know, what do you think? How, how should I get there and put a plan together or even hire a coach, right? That's even better and put a plan together. Um, because a goal without a plan is really just a wish. So you've got to put that, that plan in place and get really specific. I'm big on setting smart goals, specific, measurable, actionable, relative, time-bound. Um, put a timing on it. I want to get promoted in six months. I want to get a new job in nine months by taking on three extra projects, um, by networking with three people a week You know, from this industry, this space, uh, and then start taking action. And the things that you can really do 
to set yourself up for future success. And I talked about this uh, in my book, the middle section is all about preparing for the future of work and setting yourself up for future success is number one, investing continuous learning. So, you know, once you know where you want to go, start spending time on a regular basis, learning about the latest trends and what's going on so that you can improve your skills. Uh, number two is build your network. So start meeting people, talking to people who are in that space that you want to be in. Uh, and number three is build your personal brand, your brand, which is nothing more than your reputation. What do people say about you when you're not in the room? This is how you, and this can be impacted by how you show up at work, how you interact with people, what type of work you, you take on. Um, and how you show up online on social media. Are you sharing stuff on LinkedIn? Are you commenting on other people's things? Are you, um, you know, tweeting about some stuff on Twitter that's work-related that kind of showcases some of your, your knowledge or at least what you're studying, what you're learning about to establish yourself a bit as a thought leader? Because if you're trying to get a different job, you know, hiring managers or recruiters probably going to look at that. Even people inside your company might see that and see, wow, you know, Jeff is really uh, he's obviously taking his learning seriously. He's posting about these different articles once a week, and um, he seems to really know his stuff. We'd love to bring someone like that, you know, into our group or in, into our organization. So there are a lot of things, but it starts with kind of understanding yourself and who you are, where you want to go, and then you got to start doing things to set yourself up for for future success, like the learning, the networking, and, and building your brand. Right. So let, let's talk a little bit more about that on the personal development side, um, because I know you offer some things where you can offer the resources such as your morning routine, mm. uh, the questions you ask when you're facing challenges, your affirmations and journaling and stuff. Talk about those sort of things a bit too. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of intangibles that, that come in and, you know, I have a chapter in the book about mindset and, and the importance of having a strong mindset, a resilient mindset to overcome challenges because, you know, we talk about setting a vision and goals, but we all know challenges are going to come up. You know, 2020 threw all of us off course, right? It was not what anybody <laughs> expected. And the world has completely changed and we haven't fully recovered and things are changing all the time. So having a mindset, you know, I'm a big fan of having a growth mindset, you know, as opposed to a fixed mindset, which uh, refers to the book Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck had a big influence on me and this idea of having a growth mindset, um, meaning that, you know, you try lots of different things. You're, you're, into growth and improvement. Um, when you have a growth mindset, you really believe that there's no such thing as failure. There's only learning and growth. And so you're a lot more willing to take risks and try new things and go after those big goals. Uh, and also develop that resilient mindset where, as I mentioned earlier, you believe that everything in life happens for you, not to you. And therefore you have a, the ability to turn challenges oppor into opportunities. And we know there are going to be lots of challenges. I've faced my fair share of challenges um, from hosting conferences that got canceled to my whole business being shut down by COVID uh, to going through cancer earlier this year. I went through um, cancer and full treatment. And uh, these have all been big challenges. And so I, what I've learned along the way and developing my mindset has helped me deal with a lot of these things. And as you mentioned, one of the bonus resources I have is the three questions to ask anytime you face a big challenge. So question number one is what's great about this? Because they're almost always is a silver lining to any challenge. And some are much worse than others, right? I mean, you usually lose a loved one or get really sick. Uh, it's hard to find silver linings in that, but there are silver linings to so many other challenges. The example I always give is, you know, we mentioned COVID and um, it shut down my entire business. My whole business was selling and running in-person training. I was on planes all the time, flying all over the place. And my whole business got shut down. Clients went away. It was a big challenge, but what was great about it was I've got two young kids 
And I wasn't traveling anymore. And I've been home with them almost every night, you know, for the last 380 days or whatever, more, more than that. Right. And so that's been great. Um, the number two question is what can I learn from this? So this is a great one, especially when we make mistakes. Uh, I make mistakes all the time. I made one yesterday, uh, an investment mistake that's been bugging me. However, there's a great lesson that I can learn from that. Like I rushed into something too quickly. Can I take more time doing my research and figuring things out next time? Um, if we make a mistake at work, like, okay, let's try not, try not to dwell on that forever. What can we learn from it so we can improve next time? And then um, the third question is, what does this make possible? And it's a hard one sometimes, but challenges almost always open up new opportunities and we just don't see them in the moment. You know, when you lose your job, you get laid off. It seems awful in the moment, but what if losing your job allowed you to go out and find the next job, which is actually your dream job and is much better than the job you had before, right? And it never would have been possible if you didn't lose that job. Or, you know, what if, um, you know, in 2019, back before the pandemic, I was going after this uh, big client opportunity and um, they wanted me to fly all over the place to run these programs. And it was a pretty good amount of money. So I was going after it. I ended up not getting it. And I was a little bit disappointed, but it ended up opening up all these up or other opportunities. I got client engagements. I would have had to turn down. I was able to start working on my book. Uh, and I wouldn't have had those things had I been so engaged with that one huge client. So sometimes these things open up new opportunities. Um, the other example that I share in my book is in 2019, I was uh, planning a conference with a friend of mine called the Talent Development Think Tank. And uh, it was planned for November 2019. By October, it was sold out. We had 150 people coming from all over North America, Caribbean islands, UK. And uh, it was in Sonoma, California. While there were big wildfires at that time, uh, including one called the Kincaid Wildfire in Sonoma, California. Uh, it came into the town, Santa Rosa, where the hotel was. And a week before the conference, we got a call from the hotel saying, uh, the, the fires are in town. We have shut down the hotel. We've evacuated and you've got to cancel your conference. You can't come here. And so we got to send an email out to you know 150 people and say, hey, the conference is not happening. We're rescheduling. Not our fault, but it was still a big challenge to deal with. We ended up rescheduling it for January 2020. And there were a few people from the original time slot that couldn't come. But we also sold tickets to new people who weren't able to come in November, who are now available in January. And some of those people who came to that conference have become clients, have become friends, um, have become supporters in my network. And uh, I just think all the time about how the fact that I, you know, it seemed like a big, big challenge at the time, but I never would have met these people if the conference didn't move and they didn't come. And I'm just so grateful for that. Uh, and even, you know, going through cancer earlier this year, as I mentioned, and I've talked about it on you know, many other podcasts and, and social media, it was challenging at the time, but the opportunity had opened up, what it made possible was my ability now to go share my experience and help and give advice to others who are going through the same thing. And now I feel like I'm making more of a contribution in the world, able to help more people. Uh, and so those three questions have been really impactful for me. Those are in the bonus resources, as well as you mentioned, um, the morning routine that I use, uh, the affirmations that I use every day, because I'm a big fan of uh, using affirmations to kind of remind myself of what I'm striving for, as well as what my big goals are. Uh, so I can to help me really stay on track. Uh, and then there's some other stuff in there, like the top five most common career mistakes and, and everything else. I'm big on just giving lots of resources to people and, and to help them, you know, in whatever way they need. You know, what I like about those questions is a lot of times you talk to people about 
you know, you've got to have the attitude that life's happening for you, not mm. to you. And it's easy to say, it's not yeah. always easy to do, but when you look at it from the perspective of answer these questions, mm-hmm. then they can really change their mindset on that whole topic. And after asking those questions of themselves, come up with that and say, yeah, like, this is happening for me because, you know, this, this seems like a tragedy, but what's yep. great about it. So Sometimes I you've got to force yourself to ask and yeah. answer it. And it's not easy. And you might even get angry. And I don't want this to happen, right? This is yeah. not a blessing. This is not happening for me. Well, if, if you were to believe that it was, then why would it be? What, what could this make possible? And, right. and then start to answer those questions. That's great. So tell us more about where we get the book, where we stay in touch with you, all of those things. How do we get more information? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the book is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life, uh, Stop Drifting and Take Control of Your Future. It's available on Amazon. Um, it's got over 200 five-star reviews at this point. I'm, I'm very, very, very grateful to have a lot of supporters uh, and people who have purchased the book and, and given great feedback. Uh, so Amazon is the best place to get it available all over the world. Uh, I've got a website where you can get those bonus resources. If you go to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus, you can get the three questions to ask, um, the morning routine, the affirmations, as well as the top five most common career mistakes that people make um, that I got from surveying my network while I was writing the book and all the podcast interviews I've done. And uh, just some very, very common stuff in there that you don't want to engage in. Um, so I would say the website, and then I'm active on social media. I've got own, the Own Your Career podcast. I'm active on LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, so you can find me there and follow me and let me know you heard me on Jeff's show. Absolutely. Awesome. So something I, I love to know, after putting all the research and study into everything you had to do to write this book, you've got the book out. What's the biggest lesson you've learned for yourself in writing this book? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, it's one that I, I think I, I knew going in, which is why I've been able to do some of the things I did, but it's definitely been reiterated you know, continue to reaffirm and learn um, that with a book or a podcast, as with your own career, you've got to go out and advocate for yourself. You can't just expect that you're going to do some type of work, whether it's a project or a book, and expect that people are going to see it and appreciate it. And you're going to be rewarded just for doing great work. You've got to go and market it. You've got to go advocate for yourself. You've got to go network. You've got to go meet people. Um, you know, the reason why my book has over 200 reviews is because I've been sending it to people. I've been talking about it on social media. I've been, you know, connecting with partners and collaborators and um, speaking on summits and going on podcasts and, and things like this. Um, and I'm seeing it pay off, right? And also because I have gone out of my way to help so many other people. Like if I have a friend who publishes a book or anybody I know has a new book or a podcast, I'm going out of my way to get it and leave a review and support them because I want other people to support me. I believe in karma, you know, whatever you want to call it. Right. And so I, I kind of knew those things and it's been completely reiter- you know, reaffirmed. It's been affirmed for me that like, you have to go, no matter what you're working on, you've got to go, uh, you know, you've got to go advocate for yourself. And even if it's, we're just talking about your career and you want to move up the ladder, 
you know, maybe in some perfect world, you do great work and people would recognize that. But no, it comes down to your personal brand. It comes down to your reputation. And you can enhance that by, you know, advocating for yourself and letting people know what you're working on, what you've accomplished, not in a arrogant bragging way, right? But in a way that like, hey, I want people to know what I'm doing. And I want people to help me because I am also helping other people. And I always help other people with no expectations. I don't go and leave a review for somebody expecting they're going to do it for me. But I find the more I do that stuff, it, it, ten, it tends to come back to me. And so that's one I always recommend to people, no matter what you're working on, you know, spend time helping others and advocating for yourself as well. And it, it's going to come back to you. That's great. You know, there, there's hundreds and thousands of incredibly good books out there that people put their life into Yeah, that no one's read. No one's ever seen. And they've got like exactly. two reviews on Amazon, yeah. right? Yeah, because they so, just didn't go out and market. And, and you know, I, you said a few things there. I mean, like the Zig Ziglar saying is you can get anything you want in life as long as you help enough other people get what yes. they want. Yes. And, and I'm a true believer in that. But also something that you talked about and is actually something I said in your introduction is you're a connector. Mm. And especially I think that's such a valuable thing right now in a world where we're not all sitting in offices anymore. You know, mm -hmm. we're doing a lot of this stuff virtually and stuff. There's a, there's the ability to connect like crazy right now. I oh mean, yeah. I look, I look at one of my connections that I actually had recently looked and she's connected me with, I think it was 21 people that, I mean, high quality people. Wow. And in turn, one of those people that she connected me to connected me with you. And, yes. you know, it's such a snowball effect of how valuable connectors are. And so what she's done for me has been outstanding. What mm -hmm. Eric's done for me has been outstanding. Now I have that relationship with you and hopefully yeah. we both connect each other with we'll, millions We'll be more. able to help connect each other and, <laughs> and support each other with books and podcasts and whatever else it, it may be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it all starts with that first connection. Yeah. And I, th I think that's great great advice for people. You know, you've got to be out there willing to promote yourself, willing to create that ownership mentality of whether you're an entrepreneur, an employee, whatever it is, you're in charge of your own company, which is you. So. Absolutely. All right. And I will have in the show notes, I will have all the links to your book, to your uh, website, to your social media, everything. So people can just go in and grab those and connect with you. But thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us and good luck with everything moving forward. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, grab the book on Amazon. Uh, let me know that you heard me on Jeff's show and, uh, and go leave Jeff a review. Go find this podcast in your podcast player and go leave a review to support his podcast. Hey, thank you for that.